Hello everyone and welcome back to Strain at the Leash. I'm your host Ganesh Singh and today we are going to talk about values and priorities. But before we do that, let's do a quick recap. Self-reflection is an act of introspection which aids an individual to become aware of their values, priorities, expectations, desires, fears, etc. And therefore analyzing the crux of their character. In the last two podcasts, we discussed desires, expectations, and fears as factors impacting your personality. Today, we will end off the How Do I Start With Self-Improvement series with the topic of values and priorities. And for this podcast, I took a lot of inspiration from Mark Manson. So, day to day, we are always collecting new information through our senses. Due to your previous lives, your current thoughts, and your actions slash reactions, you are continuously creating your personality. There's so many factors to this, like the way you entertain your desires, the way you're debilitated by your fears and the anxieties of tomorrow, the amount of attachment you dedicate to expectations, the way you execute the values you hold dear to you, the degree of honesty applied to your intentions, the extent to which your past affects your present the way you cope to unexpected circumstances, how much you let others' judgment of you affect you, the way you reconcile your shortcomings or mistakes, and lastly, the influences of your company. There are a lot of things that cultivate your personality, and if we aren't mindful, most of these influences happen unconsciously and subconsciously, which is kind of why when your grandma says, hey buddy, What the heck happened to you? You're such a shit disturber now. When brought to your conscious, it may bring a lot of confusion or even defensive retaliation. Like, huh? Take that to the grave, grandma. And you know what? Your cookies suck. (laughs) To be conscious of what kind of person you are requires you to check in with yourself regularly and take responsibility for your flaws. Unlike our dude who cussed out his grandma. Um, The truth is, we're not doing this. Our increased consumption of materialism, our expansion of our egotism, our emotions dictating how our days go by, we have indeed become slaves to our mind to some extent. We find it difficult to escape the constant narration of our minds, and yet we operate by it. According to studies conducted globally, Anxiety and depressive disorders have increased by 25% in 2020. Now, existential crises aren't uncommon. But what's crazy is that like questioning your purpose, your values, your flaws, your actions, your desires, your fears are all a part of self-reflection and self-improvement. The difference is for the seeker, questioning yourself is regular and the seeker is in control of this. The person, having a, the person having an existential crisis is not practicing regular self-check-ins. And that's why the process is so overwhelming and uncontrollable. Self-awareness is like an onion. There are a lot of layers and the more you peel, the more you'll cry. <laughs> regular self-check-ins make this sting much less drastic and bearable. So in order to reflect on your character, it's necessary to reflect on your values and priorities. Now, personal values 
are the measuring sticks by which we determine what is a successful and meaningful life. When somebody says, I want to be good, the definition of what is good is a reflection of what they value. Some will see being good as attaining lots of money. Some will see it as building a family or some will see it as having a lot of exciting experiences. Whatever it is, it is determined by our personal values. Therefore, we cannot talk about self-improvement without also talking about values. It's not enough to simply grow and become a better person. We must define what a better person is. We must decide in which direction you wish to grow. Because if we don't, well, we might as well be screwed at the same time. (laughs) Like a lot of people don't realize this, but values aid in defining the purpose statement of our life. A lot of people obsessively focus on being happy and feeling good all the time and having a lot of things, not realizing if their values suck. Feeling good will hurt them more than help them. Now, if your biggest value in the world is snorting white stuff through a swirly straw, well, then feeling better is just going to make your life worse eventually. And so here's some other examples of some, you know, not so great values. Number one pleasure. It's one of the most superficial forms of satisfaction. We talked about this when it comes comes to desires and stuff, but it's the easiest to obtain and the easiest to lose. It's temporary, but at the same time, everywhere you go, it's pleasure that's marketed to the masses. Alcohol, drugs, partying, casual sex, food. Don't get me wrong. These, these things are, you know, they're, they're part of the world, et cetera, et cetera. But when it's used to create something permanent, we're really, we're really not using the correct vehicle. And so I talk about this in our, in the desire podcast, um, if you want to listen to that, but regardless, research has it that people who focus their energy on superficial pleasures end up more anxious, more emotionally unstable and more depressed. Number two, materialistic success. People base their self-worth off of income and status. Funny thing is, I mean, research shows that once you can comfortably provide for basic physical needs, like food, clothing, shelter, the correlation between happiness and worldly success becomes nil. The thing is, the problem is, is, is that the bar of survival is so variable these days. The needs and wants are often confused and do not stop. And therefore, the bar of survival progressively fluctuates for people. Like, you know, a common example of this is, you know, kid shows up to a mom. Oh my God, mom. Like if we don't have an espresso machine, if we don't have a thousand dollar espresso machine at home, we're basically poor. Like Johnny has it across the street and like they make like the best coffee ever. And like, if we don't have it, it's like life's life sucks. Like, are we even, are we even rich mom? Like, isn't that the whole purpose? Okay. I'm gonna stop. Um, but (laughs) number three we'll just move on we'll just move on number three is always being right um it's like a self-defense mechanism for i can't be wrong because mistakes are weaknesses blemishes and it makes me look bad as a person when you close off new opportunities to learn and become stubborn about what you know you close the door to self-improvement as we become older we may cling to this value because we feel that Time spent on earth is equal to more experience, which is equal to more value. 
and the less chances that you're wrong. And honestly, this could be the case in in you know work settings, etc., and just general life scenarios. Like people have more knowledge and more experience about the world. However, always being right when you cling on to this value uh, as a way of justifying your growth, it's it can be very messy and tricky because information can be outdated. You might be outdated. And we must strive continuously to learn as seekers. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to not have the answers to particular things. The inevitability of death should never close us off. And lastly, we have staying positive. Constant positivity is a form of avoidance of negative emotion. Let's face it. Shit happens in life, okay? It's life. The key is to deal with negative emotions in a healthy manner and express them in a way that aligns with your values. Usually, this is natural. When we force ourselves to stay happy, we deny problems. If we deny our problems, we miss out on the opportunity to add meaning and importance to our life by solving these problems. Also, why are we in such a rush to just be happy like or improve a chapter of a life that isn't going so well like let that chapter of jealousy heartbreak self-destruction or hurt be written feel those emotions and feel them deeply every good story has some conflict that must be dealt with in a responsible way on the flip side a key point must be made here is that in order for balance sulking in misery must be balanced with an opposing uplifting force otherwise you repeat negativity you repeat your complaining etc cetera, etc cetera, and that can just lead down a really you know not so great spiral um the ebbs and flows of life are there to be experienced now here's the thing they're there to be experienced they should not become your personality however they can shape your personality according to the tools of your choosing. So this leads into the next point. You do what you value. Every moment of every day, whether you realize it or not, you are making a decision of how to spend your time, of what to pay attention to, of where to direct your energy. You're also deciding how present you want to be. When the mind is vacant, we have the need to occupy it with something. Whether it's reminiscing on the past or planning the future, we have this weird need to occupy the mind with something and so we do what we value we think about what we value right now you're choosing to listen to this podcast there are an infinite number of things you can be doing right now but you are choosing to be here maybe in the next minute you decide oh you need to pee or maybe your crush texts you and you stop listening at that point your need to be loved will take over my blabbering of values which leads me to the next point our values are constantly reflected in the way we choose to behave. This is critically important because we all have a few things that we think and we say we value, but we never back them up with our actions. I can tell people till I'm gasping for air that I care about the dangers of social media. But if I spend my days constantly refreshing my news feeds, mindlessly scrolling through Instagram, and I can't hear my wife talking about her day, then my behaviors and actions suggest a different story. Actions don't lie. 
We believe we want to break that bad habit. But when push comes to shove, we're always creative to justify to ourselves that we can retreat to that behavior again. We might tell our girlfriend we really want to see her. But the minute our guy friends call with a plan, our schedule magically seems to open up. And this is the great value disconnect. Many of us state values we wish we had as a way to cover up the values we actually have. In this way, aspiration can often become another form of avoidance. Instead of facing who we really are, we lose ourselves in who we wish to become. Put another way, we lie to ourselves because we don't like some of our values and therefore we don't like a part of ourselves. We don't want to admit we have certain values and that we wish we had other values. And this discrepancy between self-perception and reality gets us into all sorts of trouble. That's because our values are legitimately extensions of ourselves. They are what define us. When something good happens to something or someone you value, you feel good. The opposite is true as well. If you don't value something, you will feel good when something bad happens to it. You are what you value. Now, guys, we all know about the Beckys in the world. Oh, my God. You know, girl, I just need to find myself, you know, like, I don't know. I just need to be free, you know, like girl empowerment is huge and it's like so good for your soul, you know. I've been like drinking like more tea and doing more yoga and like all the yoga positions and stuff like that. I even got like like Lululemon pants and stuff like that. But but yeah, like my life is like so dramatic right now. So I'm gonna just leave and kind of like find myself. I think this is so empowering. Uh, I don't know why I did that so well, but I'm concerned for myself. Um, <laughs> so here's what people mean when they say they want to find themselves. They're finding new values. Our identity, that is the thing that we perceive and understand as the self, is the aggregation of everything we value. So when you run away to be alone somewhere, what you're really doing is running away somewhere to reevaluate your values. Here's how it usually plays out. You're experiencing a large amount of pressure and are stressed in your day-to-day life. And due to said pressure and stress, you feel as though you're losing control of the direction of your own life. You don't know what you're doing or why you're doing it. You begin to feel as though your own desires or decisions no longer matter. Maybe you want to drink mojitos or take violin lessons. But overwhelming demands of your school, job, family, partner make it so that you feel as though you're not able to live out those desires. This is the self you feel like you've lost. A sense that you're no longer the one navigating the ship of your own existence. Rather, you're blown back and forth across the sea of life by the winds of your responsibilities. Or some other deep-sounding metaphor. By removing yourself from these pressures, you're able to recover a sense of control over yourself. You are once again in charge of your own day-to-day existence without the interference of a million external pressures. Not only that, but by gaining separation from the turbulent forces of your day-to-day life, you're able to look at those forces from afar and have perspective on whether you actually want the life that you have. Is this who you are? Is this what you care about? You question your decisions and priorities. 
you decide that there are a few things that you want to change. There are things you believe you care about too much and you want to stop. And there's other things that you feel like you should care about more. And you promise to prioritize them. You are now constructing the new you. You then vow to return to the real world and you live out your new priorities to become your new self. This whole process, whether done on a secluded island, a cruise ship, in the Himalayas, a self-help seminar, or a spontaneous baptism, is essentially an escapade in adjusting one's values. You leave, get perspective on what matters in your life, what should matter more, what should matter less, and then ideally return and you get on with it. By returning and changing your priorities, you change your values and you come back a quote-unquote new person. Heavy side note here. If your values have truly changed when you come back from this escapade, actions will speak louder than words. Accountability speaks louder than excuses. Humility speaks louder than arrogance. Your aura and vibration will speak when you are silent. You will always be remembered by your adherence to your values. It's easy to disappear from reality and value independence rather than work through a difficult situation and actually establish and work for your independence. The more strenuous the route, the harvest will be that much more more fruitful. And so, carrying on. Values are the fundamental component of our psychological makeup and our identity. We are defined by what we choose to find important in our lives. We are defined by our prioritizations. If money matters more than anything, then that will come to define who we are. If getting laid and smoking doobies is the most important thing in our life, then that will come to define who we are. If we feel like crap about ourselves and we don't feel like we deserve love, success, or intimacy, then that will also come to define who we are through our actions, our words, and our decisions. Any change in self is a change in the configuration of our values. When something tragic happens, It devastates us because not only do we feel sadness, but we feel like we've lost something we value. And when we lose something, when we lose enough of what we value, we begin to question the value of life itself. We valued our partner and now they're gone. That crushes us. It calls into question who we are, our value as a human, and what we know about the world. It throws us into an existential crisis an identity crisis, because we don't know what to believe, feel, or do anymore. So instead, we sit at home with our new girlfriend. And her name is Rosé. (laughs) I'm so dumb. Um, So moving on. This change in identity composition is true for positive events as well, though. When something incredible happens, we don't just experience the joy of winning or achieving some goal. We also go through a change in valuation for ourselves. We come to see ourselves as more valuable and as more deserving. Meaning is then added to the world. Our life then vibrates with increased intensity. Here are why some personal values are better than others. So let's just do some good values first. Good values are evidence-based, constructive and controllable. Bad values are emotion-based, destructive, and uncontrollable. So evidence-based versus emotion-based. Psychological research shows that most of us, most of the time, make decisions and are inspired to action via our feelings, rather than based on knowledge or information. 
Psychological research also shows that our feelings are generally self-centered, willing to give up long-term benefits for short-term gains, and are often warped and are delusional. People who lead their lives based on how they feel will find themselves perpetually on a treadmill, constantly needing more and more and more. And the only way to step off that treadmill is to decide that something matters more than your own feelings, that some cause, some goal, some person is worth occasionally getting hurt for. That cause is often what we refer to as our purpose. And finding it is one of the most important endeavors we can take to enhance our health and well-being. But our purpose should be sought out not through merely what feels good. It must be considered and reasoned. We must accumulate evidence supporting it. Otherwise, we'll spend our lives chasing a mirage. So constructive versus destructive values. We don't want to value things that harm ourselves or others. We do want to value things that enhance ourselves and others. There's a blurry line between growth and harm, and they often appear as two sides of the same coin. This is why what you value is often not as important as why you value it. If you value martial arts because you enjoy hurting people and kicking butt, then that's a bad value. But if you value it because you want to learn to protect yourself and others, then it's a good value. Same exercise, different values. Ultimately, it's the intention that matters most in deciding which way the scale falls. Next, we have controllable versus uncontrollable values. When you value things that are outside of your control, you essentially give up your life to that thing. The most classic example of this is money. There's so much conversation in the world about maximizing profits, minimizing taxation, growing money at a steady rate through some hedge fund or stock or dividend. And last but not least, how do we deflect inflation? How do we, how do we tackle inflation? Oh my God, there's, there's so much money talk. Is it good to know these things? Yes, it's good. But do we have enough conversations about desire and money having such a strong correlation as desires can heavily impact our finances. The question we should be asking is, are we in control of our desires? Do we take on more debt to live a particular lifestyle? What amount of money is enough? And even if we could afford anything at any, any given moment, would this affect your ability to appreciate it and enjoy it? Money is Money in itself is just a bad value because you can't really control it. Creativity or industriousness or a strong work ethic are good values because you can control them and doing them well will ultimately generate money as a side effect. We need values we can control, otherwise our values control us. Some examples of good healthy values are honesty, building something new, vulnerability, standing up for yourself, standing up for others, self-respect, selfless service, accountability, humility, creativity, etc. Et Some examples of bad values are dominating others through manipulation or violence, um, leading on people, feeling good all the time, always being the center of attention, not being alone, being liked by everybody, being, being rich for the sake of being rich, 
and occasionally sacrificing small animals to the satanic gods. Uh, <laughs> and so we move on to defining your values and finding yourself. In the same way you don't notice your breathing until you're asked to focus on it, we don't generally notice the values that guide our day-to-day -day actions. If your purpose statement in life is not created, then the essay written on your life will be scattered and most likely an obscurity of good and bad events happening to us. Purpose is the chance to create how you impact the world. If there is no purpose, life will impact us and we will mold according to what we encounter. Most of us are likely caught in the hamster wheel of life, forever running, too busy to stop and wonder what the hell this is all for. So what does a successful and meaningful life look like to you? What is it that I want from this life? Asking yourself why you want what you want will help you uncover the values that underlie the life you've imagined for yourself. Now is the time to judge and ask, are the values you've defined for yourself, are they good or bad values? Are they evidence-based or emotion-based? Are they constructive or destructive? Are they controllable or uncontrollable? Are you happy? to let those values guide your entire life? If yes, then good for you. You may as well proceed as you always have. If not, then it's time to reinvent yourself and find better values. So let's go through four steps. Number one, you pick a value. This could be a value you found, you already have, or a new one you've decided to embody. Number two, you set goals that are aligned with that value. Number three, you make decisions in a way that it takes you closer to those goals. And number four, you experience the emotional and physical benefits of that value. These will then inspire you to pursue it further. You then pick the next value and repeat. These four steps are simple, but they're not easy. They'll likely require you to step out of your comfort zone, do something you've never done before, maybe abandon a career you spent half your life building, or even piss off a few people you care about. But if you don't do them, there's simply no point finding or reinventing yourself. You might as well continue to live on autopilot, chasing that happiness that forever eludes you because you know what you should want, but you're too scared to pursue it. Again, personal values are the measuring sticks by which we determine what is a successful and meaningful life. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate you. Um, you can check me out on uh, Instagram at straight at the leash underscore and I'm on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Um, thank you so, so much. I know we went a little bit over time today, but this podcast was very, very important in order to understand how do we start with self-improvement when it comes to values and priorities. Next month, we are going to be talking about the ego. So that'll be fun. Until then, <laughs> straight at the leash.